Cougs house, the Houston Cougars fall 49 to 28. And I think we're all thinking very similar things. Even myself, we got out coached. Let's talk about it. You are locked on Cougs, your daily podcast on the Houston Cougars, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Cougs, the daily podcast all about your Houston Cougars. I am your host, Houston-born teacher and coach, Parker Antworth, here to break down all things Cougs, as hard as that is to do sometimes. I remember to subscribe, like, and uh, rate this podcast if you're on audio platform after the fact. Leave comments to help the podcast out. We're doing a giveaway every 250 subscribers at 1750s. The next one, we're just over 1600. So hit subscribe to get us there and then comment to let us know you're in the contest to win whatever we're giving away. And we're giving away a shirt like the one I have on if you're a fan or just a hater, can't sub by. Uh, please sure, be sure to hit subscribe down below. Comment, like to help us get there. Um, sorry if my my intro feels jumbled. It's not that it's it's Cougars after dark, so we it is nighttime and it's later. Uh, make sure you tell your friends that we're on. I think most people think of this as a post-game show, and, and most of the time it, it will be. Um, I also have a three- and a half month old that I'm watching on the monitor some. And so um, sometimes it takes till he's asleep and it's after dark. Uh, thank you all for tuning in at night though. Um, what I will say is a couple things. One, we're going to organize this somewhat like a regular show, but I also want to talk some about um, the comments that are rolling in because I think they're all in the same vein. Now, the way this typically goes is that we talk about what happened, some theme of the game in this game, that's the second half, and then talk a little bit about the big 12 as a whole. Because I do think it's important to keep in mind to look at the whole conference after Saturday. We get so hyper focused on what the Cougars are doing um, that it's it, it's easy to forget about the whole landscape of things, as bleak as that landscape may see sometimes. So I want to talk about this game, and I know that they were losing at halftime. I know they were losing at halftime. I know that they were really roughly, I'd argue, seventeen points on special team errors alone going into halftime that had Houston losing. I still felt relatively good going into halftime. And I feel like most people here did as well. Um, the offense was uh, buzzing in the first half. I mean, it was clicking on all cylinders. Um, they only had to punt one time and it admittedly did get blocked for a touchdown. <laughs> God, I guess if you don't laugh, you cry. Um, I, I feel like in watching that game, the offense, the first half is what we've been asking for. A lot of Parker Jenkins in the run game. That speed and burst is important. Tony Mathis had more of the inside run kind of handoffs. Donovan Smith got his self involved in running some of the, some of the more like big body type carries, throwing strikes, throwing quick balls, uh, screen game, quick stuff over the middle. You know, all kinds of things were moving. Lots of RPO action. Not even a whole lot of the necessarily like pre-snap read kind of action. A lot of mid-snap read kind of action. Um, and, you know, I, I could bore you to death of think about the X's and O's of what was going well in the first half. I don't think that's what he wants to talk about. But it did feel like that identity we talked about after the same Houston State game, like, what can you take away from this? And it felt like we learned from that. Um, and then halftime happened. Now, I should also talk about the other two-thirds game um, before halftime, and that is defense and special teams. Defense was atrocious before halftime. Um, gave up a couple touchdowns to a backup quarterback. Um, I don't recall them punting in the first half. Uh, and the only reason I guess that they you know didn't have to punt was because they only had a couple possessions. And they only had a couple possessions in the first half because their special team scored twice. Houston scored in the first possession. Texas Tech ran back the ensuing kickoff. Uh, Houston scored. Texas Tech scored. 
Houston was forced to punt. Um, trying to get my drives out of order here, but eventually Houston's forced to punt, and then uh, Texas Tech blocks that um, and runs in for a touchdown. Um, I look at I look at all that though, and they go to halftime down seven. Um, if you had better special teams play, you could at least take those two touchdowns off. Although theoretically they might've just scored on longer drives because they were running the football very effectively. Um, but anyway, that would have felt really good. The second half then happened and the second half, um, Houston just looked like a different football team. Here's, here's my take. And we'll talk more about the second half adjustments that were, and were not made in a second. It looked like they went into halftime offense, went to their room, defense went to their room and special teams went to their room. And, Honestly, it looked like offense is like, we got this thing. Like, we're doing fine. We're rolling. There was no – it didn't feel like coming out there was any fixes, adjustments, things to progress on being talked about at halftime. And I guess that's – I actually don't hate that approach. You know, there's confidence. Da, da, da. What I do hate is that then you come in the third quarter and there are clearly things that need to get fixed because Tech made their halftime adjustments, right? And if you can't confidently make those mid-quarter adjustments in the third quarter – based on what Tech did at halftime, then you've got to do something at halftime to change things up and be ready because you know they're going to adjust as well. And that we'll get in the schematics of, of what had adjustments appeared to happen in a moment. That, I do think, hurt the Houston Cougars in the second half. They didn't come out with anything different. Texas Tech changed what they did, and Houston did not on offense. I will say on the inverse, like for what it's worth, I thought Houston's defense at least slowed Texas Tech down. Like we saw Texas Tech punt a couple times, a couple three and outs. Like, and while it's like somewhat demoralizing to think like Parker, they gave up two more touchdowns in the second half because they they did, right? Um, and one of them was like kind of like the backbreaker in the fourth quarter. They absolutely gave more touchdowns. I don't mean to say they didn't, but it felt like if they'd scored 28 points in the football game on two halves like the second half, it's a whole different feeling across the game, right? Because they were grinding it out on a handful of drives. They still had three and outs, et cetera. Um, now I want to get some comments in the first half. <laughs> we're not hiring the Michigan State coach. I, I'm not I'm not doing that. I appreciate the option. Um, <laughs> someone asked if I'm a sadist. Um, put on my armor. Well, you know, I think that, I, like I said, I opened up. They, they got out coach. We'll talk about it in a second. Um, this one gets me, though, because this, I think, from John is the thing I want to make sure we talk some about. He said, we heard on your podcast, because I talked about it on Thursday and Friday, at, that Tech needed to run their big backs this game. If you knew this and I knew this, why didn't see uh, Coach Anna Holgerson and Belk coach up our guys to key in on it? Prep wasn't adequate for D, meaning the defense. Now, I think there's a handful of things he hits in the nail on the head there, right? I talked about last week in my keys to victory, which are right here, um, that putting pressure on the experienced quarterback Morton was a big deal, uh, and admittedly, that was my bigger key to victory. He 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 had 10 yards passing in the second half, right? It's not like he had a tremendous football game individually, but they really did run the football. We talked to Gaucho's folks on Friday. They talked about how important it was to be running the football, and I admittedly, in looking up stuff mid-game, it looks like this um, – it, it looks like – I keep wanting to say Taj Boyd. It looks like Taj Brooks is – being seen as a third day draft pick and with a good 40 time may move up into the second day. Um, he's a short stout kind of guy. Um, if he has good speed, I think that looks like he may be a second day kind of draft pick on stuff. 
Um, so I say to say, like, he is a good running back. It's not like we're the only team who's going to get 100 yards on this year. It felt different, though, in that it was like a demoralizing snowball effect over the course of the game. And that's somewhat upsetting. But I think the real trick to me is, is that it going into the football game, when I said in the cold open that we needed, that we felt out coached, um, if, 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 if Baron Morton beats you, you kind of live with it. You need to take away the guy that's there more often, right? The guys that have been there more often and done it for them more often is Taj Brooks is this running game. And it feels like you need to kind of sell out to beat that because you have to assume that the, the backup kid that has very little experience playing quarterback, he played some last year, but you have to assume, I would imagine that that's the way that they're not going to, that that'd be the struggle for them to beat you with. And instead Houston seemed kind of content on letting them run and slow down the game and, and trying to take away Baron Morton. And I just thought that was somewhat backwards. Um, now I want to talk about the second half adjustments or lack thereof and, and why that felt like we got out coach in a moment. Um, but first I want to talk about if you've been feeling like pulling your hair out with this Houston Cougar football team. Okay. Maybe it's not exactly because of that, but if you are like me and you like to wear a hat to cover up your hairline a little bit, let's talk a little bit about some people that can help. And those are people at Nutrafol. Nutrafol is the number one dermatologist recommended hair growth supplement clinically shown to improve your hair growth visible thickness, and visible scalp coverage. Nutrafol's hair growth supplements use physician-formulated natural science-backed ingredients. The drug-free patented technology provides consistent, reliable results without compromising your health. Go to Nutrafol.com slash men to take their health wellness quiz, identify the causes of your thinning hair, and Nutrafol will give you a personalized plan for better hair health through the whole body. Bonus points if you comment down below. If the cause of your thinning hair is this Houston Cougar football team or some aspect of it, what would the fix be from Nutrafol? Now, on a more serious note, um, Nutrafol is here to help. Make sure you take the first step to visibly thicker, healthier hair. For a limited time, Nutrafol is offering our listeners $10 off your first month subscription and free shipping when you go to Nutrafol.com slash men and enter the promo code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE. Find out why 4,000 healthcare professionals recommend Nutrafol for healthier hair. Nutrafol.com slash men spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L dot com slash men and in pro com, promo code locked on college it's neutral dot com slash print men promo code locked on college now the second half of that football game is what i think we're all pulling our hair out over and the second half of that football game did really happen um for instance i think the thing that pulls my makes me pull my hair out of the offense and we'll start with the offense because the first half the offense went well Houston had nearly 500 yards of offense. And frankly, had they not had some backbreaker drive killer penalties, some holdings that took away big Sam Brown catches and stuff like that, they might have had more. They had 489 yards in offense. But less than 130 of those happen in the second half. In the first half, they went 19 of 24 passing for 264 yards. In the second half, they went 10 of 17 for 71. Those are dramatically different things. And I, I think the question to be fair that people are asking is what happened at the fourth touchdown? Why did things slow down? Um, I feel like things slow down because T, uh, Texas Tech, I have TCU West Virginia on the side here. So that's why it's going on there. Uh, it's a tie game, by the way, TCU West Virginia tie game. So take that as you may. Um, but I think that the Texas Tech thing, 
this, they made adjustments at halftime to slow down Donovan. They know Donovan as well as anyone. He obviously played there for a while and had some success there. They know what hurts him. They know what helps him. Um, I said in the opening segment, and I still feel this way, that truthfully, at the end of the day, if the offense went to halftime and said, let's just you know keep doing what we're doing, rah, rah, go team, that's not the worst thing if you're confident in the third quarter that while the defense is on the field, you can sit around and talk about what you need to fix if there's a mistake being made or if there's some adjustment that they've made. And honestly, it feels like that is not able to happen. Full stop. Um, TCU, it appeared to me, took away the underneath stuff. They said beats over the top. Uh, to that point, Houston had really only gone over the top in a couple different instances and really was much more content on beating them underneath. Houston couldn't go over the top. Uh, Houston had trouble getting the ball off because of different pass rush pressure and stuff like that. You saw some incompletions. You saw a couple of drops. You also saw, honestly, Don Smith under a lot more pressure in that second half. Now, I think one way to alleviate pressure, and this is me as a football coach speaking, uh, I coached varsity football as an assistant and run game coordinator for a while, called plays for JV and middle school level football, and I, I'm not coaching football this fall because I'm going to get three and a half month old. But I, my unofficial professional semi-retired opinion would be that the way to combat that would be to run the football. For some reason, and I have my assumptions and guesses, people are making those all over the internet, Parker, John, uh, Parker Jenkins played significantly less in the second half. Seemed to be doing well in the first half. He had 13 carries for 71 yards on the game. Um, that's pretty good, considering you know all things considered. Um, and he seemed to have this vanishing act after taking a big hit. I This is me guessing. This is not reporting. This is not hearing. This is no other thing. Um, I wonder if there was like an extensive checkout of him after that big hit. Um, as, as a coach myself, when there's a suspected, you know, head thing or head ding or whatever, they say to wait like 20 to 30 minutes before t- running a test because there could be some like shaking of the snow globe and letting things shake down and seeing what goes on. Right now, he ended up being healthy, came back in at the very end. Uh, he was in some return game and stuff. So I don't think there was anything wrong with him. That's, that's why I'm thinking that's something it could be. That's totally me making guesses. I want to stress that totally me making guesses based on how long he was out for. I don't know what else there could be. I don't know what the thought would be. He seemed very able to handle the load. Frankly, um, he played a lot of the game a week ago. Right. And I understand there's a very different opponent, but at the end of the day, if it's a very different opponent, um, I, I guess I have to ask like, why would you, why would you spend him on the first half? If you're only going to play him for 13 carries, why wouldn't you sprinkle those, spread those out more, et cetera? Because clearly those are very valuable carries for the Houston Cougars. Um, that's my monitor, if you can hear that going off in the back, because uh, my three-and-a-half-month-old, he's doing okay. He's just rolling around in his sleep. Um, all right. Um, questions about the offense. 50 taken out after his two penalties. I don't know. I'm starting to wonder. So I don't know if you guys know this. There's a very highly ranked recruit that's a backup center on the football team uh, named Pancake. First of all, offensive line named Pancake. That's awesome, right? But Pancake was like, could have played anywhere in America at high school. And he's a redshirt freshman. And I get that the starting center, Jack Freeman, is a good center, a leader, and offers a lot of, frankly, intangible things for this Houston group football team. I'm not necessarily saying to take him out. I wonder if one of them can play guard because Houston seems to continue to have problems with holding penalties, problems with holding up and pass rush. 
at guard spot broadly. I don't want to put any one kid. I think different games has been different guards, but guards have been a problem. And athletically, centers and guards seem to be very similar. I wonder if there's some way that the two of them could play because I think they're both people that people in the know think very highly of. You know, not my job, not my problem. Okay, it is a little bit my problem, <laughs> but not my job, right? Not my job. Um, I I think the last thing I want to say about the offense, I want to look at this quote from Dana as we transition from offense to defense um, in the post game. Dana said that it was not good, good in the first half, not good in the second half. This is Big 12 football. Uh, where we, oh, I said you, where we competed in first half uh, was good, you know, competitive. We do things better offensively and special teams, and uh, heavily we can get sustain that lead. Hopefully, at some point, we'll be able to f- uh, figure that out. But, you know, it's the second time we've got a uh, war out in the second half, Big 12 football. So essentially, while well, I also have a typo in there, well, essentially it's word vomit. There's some word vomit surrounding this idea that it's Big 12 football and like you get worn out. I don't think the offense, however, maybe in pass rush, maybe that's why they're holding penalties, maybe I'm wrong. I don't think the offense looked worn out. I thought the defense, as the run game continued over time, the reason you run that kind of a run game, they kind of did look worn out. I just call it spade a spade here. They look like, the runs were going for eight and 12 yards in the second half or in the first half, they're going for like six and five yards, right? That's getting worn out. Oh, West Virginia takes the lead over TCU. That's what we got in a couple weeks. Um, what I think is interesting is that I think that makes sense schematically. I think that makes sense at the surface level, et cetera. But with two special teams touchdowns, T- uh, Texas Tech didn't have that many offensive plays, folks. Um, they had 22 passes um, and they had 37 runs. That's a total of 59 plays, not counting, you know, if there's a penalty that waved it all off or whatever. They only had one penalty on, on the books. Uh, one penalty, That means one penalty accepted, I should say. That means they ran like 60 plays of offense. I get that they're big and like Texas Tech's offensive line is really big. Texas Tech is a 6'9", 270-pound tight end. These guys are big. I'm not. I'm not trying to dispute that. It was 60 plays. Houston realistically might have missed a tackle or more on a third of those plays. I mean, Houston missed a lot of tackles. I don't have the stats in front of me. I get those analytically over the course of the next couple of days as people like, you know, send stuff to automatic, this, that, and the other thing. But Houston missed a lot of tackles and looked very gassed and looked very much run over over the course of what were essentially 60 plays of offense. That in and of itself is unacceptable. Right. Um, that in and of itself is not Big 12 ready. That in and of itself is coaching to me because that means that your guys are not ready to play in a way that I don't necessarily want to jump to strength conditioning and training and offseason conditioning. Da, da. I think there's also some like mentality of the defense, culture setting of the defense that did not appear ready to play. I think the second half was better, but again, they look tired and I don't, I don't know. I don't feel like I don't feel like you can be tired of sixty plays. There, I said they rotated defensive linemen. They had a handful of different guys in at the defense tackle spots. Um, I saw, uh, I think I saw a total of four different guys playing linebackers. They have a laundry list of guys that accumulated tackles in this game. A lot. I mean, I just don't get being that gassed after sixty total plays as a defense cumulatively. I understand that Tech plays a tired brand of football. It just seemed excessive to me based on what happened. Texas Tech only had the ball. I just pulled up. Time possession was 24 minutes and 49 seconds. They only played 
offense for less than 25 minutes, right? Like this is, and they're draining the clock. That draining the clock. Um, I just, I don't, I don't know that I buy that one. I don't know that I buy one that I just don't know that I buy that one. Um, special teams, I will say, um, and I think I give Dana more credit throughout the year and throughout the last five years than most people. Um, I don't identify as like someone who's like always him all the time. I think he makes mistakes like anyone else, but this is probably one of like, it might be the only game where I can point to multiple special teams mistakes. Um, for instance, people going on and on about the punt block or whatever. Houston's run up like that. Houston has lined up like that to block for their punts. Every t- every snap they've taken a punt since Dana Holgerson's been here. That's the first block I can remember the entire five years. Right? Like they've they just had a really bad day, and I don't know why they had a bad day all at the same time in multiple facets. I mean, they missed a field goal. They had a return for a touchdown and they had a block for a touchdown. I don't know why all those facets happened. It's not like they had some great returner or something because that'd be a couple of return touchdowns. It's not like they had some great pass, uh, uh, punt rush because that would have happened in a couple different block scares or whatever. This was clearly like a couple different off moments over the course of the same game, and that's kind of weird to me. But that also goes back to coaching to me because it's happening all at the same time. It's like, why is that screw loose or why is that thing not quite conjoined um, why is that thing not quite as it should be? Um, we'll continue to talk about this um, hope here. Uh, I li- So pause. I like that your name is Hope because that's what I want to have. But then this comment is very much what we actually have. <laughs> it says special teams were horrendous today. Our kicker is not good at all. He's super inconsistent. Um, it's been a rough year for Scott Treat specialists for sure. Um, missed field goals happen. I don't mean to say they don't happen, but the accumulation of all that at the end of the game at the, and really in the first half today was rough. Um, now if you're trying to put parts together and trying to have things that work well after you put parts together, or if you're trying to put together, honestly, a ride to get somewhere way more enjoyable than where we're at right now, you need to go check out eBay Motors for that ride because passion, drive, and patience are what brings home the winning trophy. And it's also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers to roof racks, to exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered with over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die. You'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with the eBay Motors guaranteed fit, your part is guaranteed to fit. Uh, guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need, to, you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into an MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebay.com slash motors. eBay guaranteed fit only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions do apply. Now, <sighs> this is the part of the show I'm supposed to go talk about the Big 12. The Big 12 is currently still playing games. Uh, TCU and West Virginia are tied um, in the fourth quarter right now. Please don't go to that till we're over. I promise we'll be done before that game is over and you'll be able to catch the ending. Um, I, I'm not quite done talking about this Houston game, though, because well, I'm, I'm close to being done talking about it. Um, I want to be I want to be done talking about it. Can you tell? Um, but I, I will say that I think what's interesting is that honestly, as I look at this, um, the tale of two halves thing is interesting because it's not the first game this has happened. I'd argue Rice was a tale of two halves, right? And Houston played two halves that were like the second. Houston beats Rice, and we don't have to hear about their stupid uniforms anymore, right? I know I like this light blue shirt that you go get the site, but um, I, I the Houston one looks a lot better. Um, but if Houston plays two halves like the 
uh, like the second half against Rice, they beat Rice, right? If Houston plays two halves like the first half against TCU, we might not have won, but I think we'd feel a lot better about it. Feel a lot better about where we are in the conference. If Houston plays two halves like they did in the first half against Texas Tech, you know, admittedly, they probably lose by two touchdowns, which is not horribly different than they end up losing, I guess. But it does feel different. The offense still humming, making more of a shootout. I, that wouldn't have felt if they if they lost seventy to fifty six. Would it feel bad? Yes. Would it feel this kind of bad? I don't think so. Right. I think that's the deal. Is it's not that like the Houston's record could very well be a very different feeling three and two versus two and three had they just put whole games together. And that's weird to say because I feel like we hear a lot of the phrase complimentary football or a lot of the like, idea of putting a whole like, – I feel like we hear about this a lot. And it kind of comes down to, again, my opening statement, we got out coached At some points – and this is when I'm coaching too. I coach a lot lower level, obviously, than Dana. Um, and I don't, I don't even seem, mean to say that I know anything more about him than anybody else. I just – I'm sitting here talking about all that, right? Um, but – as a coach, it's not really about what you or I or anyone else with a whistle knows. It's about what you can get the kids to do. So if you can sit here and say it's about two halves, if you can sit here and say we got to run complimentary football, if you can sit here and say we've got to do these things, that's fine. That's awesome. Good, good that you know that. It's about what you do, what do you get your kids to do, and what does Dana get his college kids to do? Right. I can draw up a lot of different schemes and I've transitioned to be more of a varsity basketball assistant basketball coach anyway. But I do that. And it's not about how many different inbound plays I can draw up for my varsity basketball team. I tell you, I can draw up a lot. I enjoy Googling, YouTubing. This is like, if you haven't figured out X is no thing I, I like enjoy doing in my free time. Um, I, and I like that stuff a lot. But if I can't teach it, get the kids to do it, get the kids to buy into it, it doesn't really matter. Right, and it feels like this continual push for four quarters of football, Big Twelve ready, got to be mentally tougher, got to play complimentary football. Da, 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 da. Look, I I like a lot of things Dana does. I think he's got flaws. I said that a couple times today. I don't mean to sound like his apologist, but at some point, it's not really about what he knows. It's about what his kids do. What are we at? Because we've seen the kids do some good things. I think they're very capable of doing some good things. What does he do? Now, as far as kids around the conference, uh, it looks like West Virginia's got stopped the goal line that would have taken the lead by TCU, which is a scary thought because we play West Virginia in about 10 days or whatever that is. Um, it's not quite. It's a little less than two weeks. Um, Oklahoma ran through Iowa State. That's a fun one. Um, <laughs> I was talking to someone saying, Texas messing around with Kansas. Look at that one. At the time, it was 20 to 14. That game finished 40 to 14. Um, and frankly, it looks like, uh, if you haven't told, I got people in Austin. If, if It looks like people in Austin are saying that one. It wasn't even that close. Um, the Friday night game, and it was Friday night because the Church of Latter-day Saints that BYU is associated with had some weekend-long thing. They played on Friday night. That game was an exciting one if you stayed up for it late Friday night. Um, BYU won at home, 35-27. to 27. BYU played one of the new teams, but all of the new teams lost. Cincinnati lost. Houston lost. And UCF lost. Did y'all check that one out? Now, it was a roughly the same time as the Houston game. You'd have been flipping back and forth. But... Baylor reeled off 29 unanswered points in the second half to come back and win. They were down 30 
five to seven on the road in Orlando, Florida, in the middle of a hot day, and they reeled off 29 unanswered points to beat Central Florida. Now, Central Florida is new. They may be very well. For, I don't pay that much attention to them. I'm trying to find a Central Florida guest. I've got a couple in mind. If you got one, let me know for when we play them later this season. Um, Central Florida is also new. They may be having the same kind of depth problems, second half problems, etc. Right? Guys getting worn out over the course of game. Da, 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 da. What I will say is that um, being able to finish games is important. And if Cincinnati and Central Florida are having the same kind of season that Houston's having where they're running into trouble there, it'll be interesting to see how those things happen. Now, I just think it's funny this person hates Central Florida as well. Um, I think my thing with Central Florida is, is that there's a lot of like they had that one really crazy good season where they claimed a national championship and they really, you know, um, they, they ride that a lot. Right. Can you imagine if Houston rode something that, you know, one of those handful of good seasons in the teens, the 2010s, that they, they just rode that really hard on top of everything else. Right. Uh, it just that bugs me. Like that's that's the past. That's not the here and now. Um, I also think it's worth pointing out that Baylor can when Houston plays Baylor in a couple weeks can be the team that we just saw be down 35 to seven. That's a good thing for Houston. That means Baylor's a beatable team. They can also be the team that scores 29 points in about 18 minutes. That's troublesome. <laughs> so, you know, we'll see what Baylor we get. Um, I'm sure people will tell me that we're only going to see the the good one. Um, now, we do play West Virginia in a, what is it? There, we have a bye week, so we can't lose this week. Bye week, and then we play West Virginia on a Thursday. I think it's like October 12th. Um, we actually, I think, will do a post-game show, like, right after that one, late night. Um working on childcare plans, make sure I can get that done. Right. Um, West Virginia will be a hard game to play though, because as dizzy, busy 88 points out here, they're going to be playing well because they have this Dana connection and they're a little upset about the way he left them. Um, which is funny because some people there are trying to tell us that they told us all about this, or whatever. Right <laughs> now. Um, the one thing I will say is that as it is a bye week this week and Houston cannot lose, um, and Houston cannot lose a football game this weekend. Um, that's somewhat of a joke. But what I will say is that with that said, um, where did that one thing go? People are asking about basketball season. Um, if you haven't been able to tell from listening to the show last year, if you're new to the show, you missed last year's basketball season. I enjoy talking about basketball passionately. I love the X and O's. The X and O's to me are fascinating in basketball because um, it becomes so much more about like artwork. It's not architecture in the same way that football can be. Um, what I look at the basketball season with is that this week is a bye week is a chance for us. Once we kind of put the nails in the coffin on the Texas tech game, start looking forward to previewing some basketball content. Um, we have this week is a bye week and then a Thursday game. And then uh, we play Texas the week after. And so there's kind of some pockets in that windows where you have like two games, of course, of three weeks um, or three games, of course, of four weeks really to kind of put in some basketball content. So be on the lookout for that this week as well. Be on look out for all kinds of things, Monday through Friday, as we bring you Locked on Cougs each and every weekday. We promise we enjoy these post-game shows as well. Thank you all for tuning in to the live show. If you're listening to us on an audio platform later in the day on Sunday, thank you as well. That's awesome. Make sure you check in on the nights after games. The Cougars After Dark show is a great way to check in live on the Houston Cougars and get involved in the show as Texas history teacher had a couple different things here. Um, 
I, I understand Texas history teacher being a little negative and talking about recruits and the lines and stuff like that, but I'm going to try and stay as positive as I can. Cause I think that's kind of become my trademark is, you know, laughing instead of crying because you got to pick one of the two to do. Um, thank you all so much for tuning in to locked on Cougs tonight and today locked on Cougs is the primary locked on podcast network. And that means your team every day. Go Cougs. Wait, the Astro clinched a wild card? Is that real?